Well, if the greeters can come up, they'll uh, help us with uh, putting both your Connect card and your offering in there. Um, I was thinking of the passage in Galatians that says, You reap what you sow. And uh, evil reaps evil, and good reaps good. And so I really do want to encourage you that with those um, little free cards that you won't just throw it away or put it somewhere else, but you actually take it and uh, do something today or this week um, to show kind of extravagant love to people. I was sitting in uh, Mrs. Morell's 8th grade uh, English class. It was an advanced class at Justice Middle School in Marion, Indiana. And it was the first day of school. Now, Mrs. Morell was pretty hot, as uh, it goes with English teachers, you know. Um, and uh, she had brown hair, blue eyes. Uh, she was uh, pretty tan. And uh, I'll never forget, she stood up and she got everyone in the class uh, to stand up. And everyone was placed in a signed seat based upon your last name. And since my name started with a B, I was in the front row. I thought, this is going pretty well. And then she wrote a sentence on the board, and it'll come up on the side screens, that says, they can only hope that it is not too late. And then she diagrammed this sentence. Now, when I saw that diagram for the very first time, I had absolutely no clue what it was or how to do it. I was totally lost. I ain't learned no grammar before, and I was gone. And then she asked the class, she said, Now class, would you please tell me, um, where is the pronoun on this sentence? In this sentence. And immediately, my head just bowed down and I thought, I don't know who they are, but whoever they are, I hope that I can get out of here before it's too late, you know. And that's what they did. A week later, they kicked me out of advanced English. And uh, I was in general English because they knew I was clueless. Well, this morning, I'm going to begin a new series called Pronoun. And a pronoun is simply uh, a word that takes the place of a noun. And this morning, I want to talk about the pronoun they. They. Have you ever experienced this before? You walk into a conversation or you walk into a room and the person says, they have been telling me or they feel or they believe. And the conversation goes on. And if it does, eventually what I like to do is I like to ask them a question back. I like to ask the question, who are they? And they'll say, well, they. Them? No, they. Who is they? Oh, I don't know who they are. You know? For we often use these pronouns all the time, and we need to ask the question in our own lives, who are they? Well, girlfriend, you know what they said. Who are they? Dude, somebody's coming after you. They told me. Who are they? 
Throughout this week, they have told us everything, right? From Peyton Manning is going to play, they told us Peyton Manning was not going to play the first game, to they told us that Peyton Manning was not going to play for the entire year. And this week, throughout the sports world, they have told us that the Colts can't be a good flag football team. So today, we will find out whether they are right or wrong. You know, they are powerful. They carry a lot of weight in our lives. They can sway us. There is sway in they. They are always speaking stuff into our lives. But here's the big question that I want you to take home this morning, and it's this. And I want you to ask this of yourself. Are you listening to the right they, or are you listening to the wrong they? Are you listening to the right they, or are you listening to the wrong they? What did the right day influence you to do that you would have never done had they not been around? And on the opposite side, what did the wrong day influence you to do that you would have never done if they had not been around? You see, folks, the whole question of who is the they in your life is very deep and it's very important for you to get a hold of. You know, when I, ever, when I think of the word they, I often think of a guy in uh, the Bible by the name of Nehemiah. Nehemiah is in the Old Testament. He actually wrote a book there. And uh, he's a person who understood this concept of they. His story is in the first half of the Bible, about 440 B.C. That is, 440 years before the birth of Christ. Now, Nehemiah was a high political leader in the Persian government. And Persia, at that time, was the only superpower in the entire world. However, Nehemiah wasn't Persian. He was a Jew. And he had been living in exile, and he had just kind of worked his way up. But he had, for, he had really missed his hometown of Jerusalem. Now, Nehemiah, throughout his whole time of being in exile, away from his country, away from his hometown, he was faithful to God, and he was faithful to the king of Persia. And one day, he gets enough uh, kind of boldness to go up to the king, and he asks to leave permission from where he'd been placed in exile in Persia to go to a different political kind of post and to rebuild the city wall of his hometown of Jerusalem. Now, he wasn't really sure how the king would respond, but Nehemiah was hoping for it. And to his amazement, he responded in a huge way. The king says, yes, you can go. Now, that might seem kind of weird to you and me. Why would a guy want to leave kind of this cush job in the government to go and to build a wall? I mean, what's so big about walls? Why are they so important? Who needs a city wall? I mean, we don't have walls around Muncie. I mean, we have a lot of trains, but, you know, they might wall you in sometimes. 
but we don't have a wall around our city. Well, in our day, uh, walls are not that important at all. But back in Jeremiah's day, the city walls were a huge, important piece because it protected the city from invasion. And Jerusalem then could provide protection for all those people living inside the walls, and they could worship God however they wanted to because they were protected. So Nehemiah gets permission to go because he's got God's favor on his life. And the king of Persia not only lets him go and leave his political post, but he actually sends him money and all the supplies that he'll need to build this wall. Now when he enters J-Town, Jerusalem, everybody knows why he's there. They're like, Nehemiah, we know why you're here. You think you're going to be able to build a wall. Now, we've seen other people. They've tried to build walls before. A long, 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 long time. People have tried to build walls around the city. But no one can do it. But now, Nehemiah is the man of the hour. So he finds the right day, and they begin this incredible project of building a wall. But guess who shows up? The wrong day. In chapter 2, verse 19, this is what it says. But when Sanballat the Hornite and Tobiah the Ammonite official and Geshem the Arab heard it, they mocked us and they despised us. That is the wrong day mocking and putting down the right day. And they said, what is this thing that you're doing? Are you rebelling against the king? They're kind of like, Nehemiah, what are you smoking? I mean, you think you can build a wall? There's all these people that have tried to build walls. They couldn't do it. And by the way, aren't you in the Persian government? The king is not going to be happy that you've left and you're building a wall in a totally different city. What's up with this stuff, Nehemiah? And then in verse 20, it says this about the right day. Nehemiah surrounded himself with the right day, and he says this, So I answered them, and I said to them, the wrong day, The God of heaven will give us, what's it say? Success. You can read here, blessing, favor. Therefore, we His servants... The right day will arise and build. In other words, they're saying we're going to step up to this challenge of building a wall. Then he says, you have no portion, right, or memorial in Jerusalem. Folks, where in your life right now is God calling you to build something, but they say it can't be done? Maybe God wants to construct some character in your life. Maybe He wants to ratchet up your commitment or your discipline or some integrity in your life. Maybe it's in your relational world. Maybe some of you are married and you've just been kind of going through the flow and you should say right now, I'm going to go to the marriage conference in October because I want to build upon my marriage. Maybe for some of you, it's kids. 
You really can't remember the last time that you had quality time outside of watching the television as a family. And so this Friday night for the kids' lock-in, you can just go and say, you know what, we're going to be there. We're going to have fun. We're going to do this as a family. Maybe some of you are harboring a hurt. Somebody did something to you, and you've just been holding on to it. And maybe it's time to build some forgiveness. Maybe you're involved in some addiction, some hurt, some habit, some hang-up. You've seen this Celebrate Recovery sign, and maybe you're like, oh, I've seen that, and I've thought about it, but man, I'm not going to take that step. And today, God's saying, you know what? Don't listen to the wrong day. Listen to the right day. Take the step. Come Thursday at 7 and get healed up. Folks, you know what God wants to construct in your life? Because if you don't, you need to figure it out. Because He wants to construct. He wants to build. He wants to do something in your life. You feel it. You sense it in your life. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe someone hurt you so bad and you've been carrying resentment and bitterness and hurt. And today is the day where you say, you know what? I'm going to build something rather than just sit on something. God wants to construct something in your life and you have to ask the question, God, what is it? And I'll do it. But this is what I've learned. Every time God constructs something in my life, He always puts the right day around me. But before too long, guess who shows up? The wrong day. So, who are the wrong day? Now, a lot of us think that there's a lot of wrong day out there, like tons of people that are just trying to destroy our lives. You know what I found out? That typically the wrong day isn't tons of people. It's just one or two or three people. But they show up all the time. In our story of Nehemiah, the wrong day they show up. And the reason that they show up, why do you think they show up? They're ticked at this Jew boy who has become a successful person. They didn't like the fact that God was blessing his life. The wrong day questioned his motives. The wrong day mocked him and abused him. The wrong day tore him down and ripped him apart and all the people that were with him. So the big learning is this. Whenever we step up and we step out and we allow God to actually start working in our lives, what happens? The right day surround us, but the wrong day come to mock us and to put us down, to abuse us. That's just the way it is. Now the story of Nehemiah continues on in chapter 4, and the right day kind of get intense. Look at what it says in verse 12. It says, the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times, they will come up against us from every place where you turn. They, 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 they will come, they will come, they will come, they will come. The sway of they, the wrong they. Man, they feel, they said, they've done, they told me, they're going to get you. They're attacking us, Nehemiah. They're big. They're bad. They are powerful. Then look at verse 14. What does Nehemiah say? He says, when I saw their what? Fear. Now what is fear? False evidence appearing real. 
That's what fear is. And every single person in here deals with fear. You deal with fear and so do I. You know what the interesting thing is? I did a uh, study this week in the Bible. Guess how many fear nots there are in the Bible? 365. There's exactly one fear knot for every single day of the year. So we've got to face our fear every day. And yet, so often, they prey upon us. P-R-E-Y, okay? Not P-R-A-Y, P-R-E. I feel like an English teacher today, you know? I've given you they and now pray can be spelled two different ways. Some little boy back there is in the back right now probably going, pray, what's he talking about? I don't know about about pray. No, but pray. P-R-A-Y, P-R-E-Y. People pray upon us when we start listening to the right day. And if we're not careful, though, when they pray, we'll be frozen in fear. Nehemiah said this, he said, When I saw their fear, I rose and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid. Remember the Lord God who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Here, Nehemiah encourages the right day to not be afraid of the wrong day. And he says, how do you do that? You do it by remembering how awesome and great and wonderful God is. You remember how many times God has worked in your life. So here we have it. We have two days, folks. We have the wrong day, which is one space, and we have the right day that is needs-based. And Nehemiah, being a great leader, takes the people not where they want to go, but he takes them where they need to go. In fact, that's one of the greatest signs of any leader, folks. They are folks who take people not where they want to go, but where they need to go. Seven years ago, when we started uh, the JAR, I did not want to stay here in Muncie. We had lived here four years, and I was done. Not here not me. I wanted to go to Southern California, you know. Um, I wanted to go to Arizona. I wanted to go to Louisville. But the greatest leader of all, Jesus Christ, took me where I needed to go and not where I wanted to go. And if I had gone with my wants, what I wanted, my life would have been turned totally upside down, and I would have not experienced the joy of being able to see the amazing things that God has done in the jar and that God is going to continue as we dream together as people. Folks, many of you are leaders, and leadership is all about influence, and I just want to ask you, wherever you're at on the spectrum of leadership, are you taking people where they want to go, or are you taking them where they need to go. Do you know what God does in your life and my life? He takes us, what? Where we need to go, not where we want to go. So who are you listening to this morning? Are you listening to the wrong day or are you listening to the right day? 
You know what I've learned? That the powerful voice of the wrong day can be huge. It can be loud. It can be so overwhelming when the wrong day in your life are speaking. And it's easy to give in and to be tempted. And many times we allow the wrong day to drown out the right day that is around us. So what can the wrong day do in your life? Because a lot of us, I think, go through life and we we don't think it. Ah, No one affects me. No one. No, they do. The wrong day, whoever it is in your life, affects you. And this is the first thing that they do. The wrong day keep you from being you. The wrong day can keep you from being you. Friends, do you realize that you are unique? You're special? You're one of a kind? No one has exactly your DNA? You're a Picasso. My wife and I went to this Picasso exhibit and uh, these huge paintings, they're so expensive that you can't even buy them. They just kind of take them around from different art exhibits. That's what you are, folks, to God. You're a Picasso. You're a Rembrandt. You're a Monet. You're unique. No one has your laugh. No one has your smile. No one has your skill set. No one has your abilities. You are one of a kind. But somewhere... Along life's journey, what happens is our own uniqueness and the special abilities that God has given to us, it kind of gets lost. If I have a proper view of who I am, I see myself the way that God sees me. But the moment that I try to appease other people, they see me and they mess me up. That's when I lose my uniqueness. That's when I become one of them. And we spend so much time trying to please they. We worry about, what did they say? Oh, I hope they like me. I hope they feel good about me. What do they feel? They, 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 they. The sway of they in our lives is huge. But the moment that I move away from the way that God sees me and I move to the way that they see me, I transition from being a vertical player that's connecting with God to simply a horizontal pleaser of people. And my whole life is, who can I please? Are they okay? I mean, when I die, folks, and I get to heaven, God is not going to say, hey, Chris, why weren't you more like so-and-so? You know, if you would have just been like so-and-so, it would have been so much better. No, the question he's going to ask is, Chris, why weren't you more like Chris? Folks, be the person that God called you to be. Don't compare yourself with anyone else because you are God's masterpiece. You are one of a kind. There's a scripture, in fact, uh, I missed it, guys, but maybe you can pull it up, that is so important for you to remember. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. That's why you are. You should probably read that. Some of you should just put Ephesians 2, 10 down on your piece of paper and read it this week, daily. I am God's masterpiece. I am God's masterpiece. Stop listening to the wrong they. Here's the second thing that the wrong they can do in your life. They can stop you from stepping up. They can stop you from stepping up. Nehemiah and the right they, those people who are needs-based, built the wall. 
And why did they build the wall? They built the wall for protection, and they built the wall for worship. Now, Nehemiah had to step up, and he had to build the wall. And he found the right day. It's amazing. When you start doing something from God, that all of a sudden, right people start coming around you. Now, the wrong people are going to come up too. But you'll find some encouragement. And Nehemiah just starts building this wall. He looks around these miles and miles and miles that he's going to do it. And he just start, and pretty soon, people start showing up. The right day are there. But then the wrong day show up. Those three guys that I told you about earlier, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem. And they begin to start trash talking, and they start calling names, and they start saying things. But how does Nehemiah respond? He said, man, you guys are just a bunch of haters. And he kept on working. He didn't jump down from the scaffolding and say, come on, put them up, man. He didn't, you know, mudsling them. He didn't say, who are they? He didn't try to change them. He didn't do anything. Do you know what he did? He prayed and he stayed above the fray. That rhymes, doesn't it? You see, he prayed and then he stayed above the fray. Because when the right day, the needs-based people in your life surround you, they will prop you up enough to where you can stay above the fray and discover the path that God has called you to. That's what Nehemiah did, and that's what you need to do. Step up and stay away from the sway of they. A few years ago, I was at a uh, restaurant, and there was a guy who was a server, and he came to my table, and he served me, and I go to this restaurant quite a bit, and I kept going back and back, and I got to know him pretty well. He was uh, kind of a rough, tough guy, but eventually we kind of built up a friendship. And I told him eventually that I was a pastor and at a church and he had gone through a divorce and he wasn't with his uh, daughter. His daughter was with his wife and just felt kind of lonely, but he was a hard guy. And one Sunday he came in here and he walked in and uh, I was amazed. And I started praying on a regular basis for him and he kept coming, kept coming. And one day uh, at the end of the celebration, uh, after we released people, I said, if anyone would like to come up to pray... Uh, for Christ to really become Lord of your life, you can. And this huge guy is about 6'3", and he's huge. And he walks up there, and he's just weeping. And this hard, tough guy's like, I'm ready to do it. And he bowed his head to Jesus Christ, and he accepted him. He started attending Celebrate Recovery because he had some issues on Thursday nights. You could just see the transformation happening before it. Now, I wish I could say that today that, that that guy is doing great, but he's not. It's horrible. He is just as low as he can be. You see, he started getting connected back with the wrong day. He stopped going to celebrate recovery. And not too long after that, he stopped coming to church. And I talked to him not too long ago, and uh, his whole life is just falling apart because he got sucked back in to the wrong day. Here's the last thing on that, folks. You will never, ever, 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 ever find the right day anywhere else except in the local church. This is where you discover the right day. Does that mean that people here are perfect? Absolutely not. 
fact, this is one of the most imperfect churches there are. If you're perfect, you should just leave right now. But if you're imperfect, this is the place to be. And there's no church that's perfect. And they that are in churches, they're not perfect. But they're there because they're trying to step up and make a difference in the world and be willing to change their lives. Here's a third thing about the wrong day. They can keep us frozen in fear. They can keep us frozen in fear. How many of you want to be frozen in fear today? Just raise your hand. Yeah, no one. I don't want to be frozen in fear. You don't want to be. So you have to face your fear. But they might. But they could. But they should. And when we listen to the wrong day, we get cemented on the sidewalk rather than stepping up and stepping out and facing our fear. Maybe that's what some of you need to do this morning. You simply need to face your fear. Face the false evidence appearing real. Just say, I'm going to face my fear today. I'm going to start allowing God to build me up. And when you do that, when you face your fear, the right day, they'll surround you, but the wrong day, remember, will show up. Now at this point, some of you are like, ah, great, this has been such an encouraging, you know, teaching so far. All we've talked about is the wrong people. Well, I know they screw me up. What do I do with the right people? Who are they? Who are the right they? Well, let me tell you, if you take the word they... The right they are those who have he in the middle. The right they are those that have he in the middle. The right they are those who allow God to be at the center of their lives. And it's very interesting about the right they. They have he in the middle and they have some characteristics, essential ones. The first one is that the right they are tough. They're tough. I don't want you to ever let anyone tell you that Christianity is for a bunch of weak people. People that need a crutch. People who eat quiche and sushi. You know? Don't send emails this week, alright? It was the best I could do. But that's pathetic. Christianity isn't about weakness. It's about being tough. The reality is Christianity is reserved for people who say, you know what, I'm tough enough to say that I will submit to the God of the universe and I'll follow Him wherever He tells me to go. That's tough people. Christianity is for those who are tough enough to step up and actually make a difference in the world rather than watching the world go by or complaining as it does. You see, Jesus Christ was not some pale, frail, blue-eyed little skinny white boy. He was the toughest person you could ever imagine. You take any of the greatest athletes that you've ever experienced and they don't compare to him. You take any of those WWF wrestlers that look like they're on steroids and they could kill somebody, which probably both is true. But anyways, he's tougher than them. So all of this stuff about Christianity being for weak people who need a crutch, no, 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 no. They are about strong, tough people who bow their knees to the one and only God. So the right they are tough. 
Here's the second characteristic. They're honest. They're honest. Folks, we've got to be honest. Can you imagine? Because some of you can't imagine. You've been there before. You've been in relationships where honesty was just thrown out the window. You've got to be honest with Jesus, and you've got to say, am I going to follow you or am I not? But if you're a believer, you follow him. We have to be honest with our friends. I'm not talking about honest in kind of a brutal way where you put the person down. I'm talking about honesty in the way that the church uh, was told by one of its leaders, by the guy by the name of Paul. He said, speak the truth in love. The right they love you enough that they'll tell you when you're wrong. Do you have people like that in your life? Do you have friends like that? Or do you just listen to the people who tell you what you want to hear? Maybe this fall, you need to move away from the wrong day and move towards the right day. I mean, it's the wrong day that will keep you below the fray. It is the right day that will keep you above the fray. Here's a third characteristic of the right day. They are encouraging They're encouraging. I want to be around encouraging people. I don't want to be around doggy downer people. Oh, glass half empty. It's really looking bad out there. You know what they say? You ain't got a chance. 9-11's here now, and well, it's just wait until the next thing comes. This past week I was with a group of guys and we're talking and there was one guy in particular. He's like encouraging everybody. There were four of us and he's encouraging everybody. He's like, oh yeah, great job. You know, he's just encouraging. And the conversation was done. I'm walking away with uh, one of my buddies and I said, I love that guy. He's like, why do you love him? I said, because he's so encouraging. He's one of the most encouraging people I know. The right they encourage you. They give you courage in your life. They're positive. They're uplifting. They're like, you can do it. Go for it, man. You see, folks, some of you need some encouraging people around you. And the place where I found the most encouraging people are in my small group. Our fall small groups are going to start tomorrow, and some of you need to sign up and say, I'm going to be in it. Because tomorrow, this is what I'll find out. I'll go to my small group, and then by the end of the day, my tank will just be filled with encouragement. I'll be like, Joel Osteen, scoot over, you know? Because my small group all of a sudden starts really encouraging me, and I'm lifted up. And some of you, I'm telling you, the thing that's missing in your life the most is the thing that I know it's a risk. But if you want to be encouraged, get with a small group of people that their whole focus is to encourage you. So are you listening to the right day or the wrong day? Last thing. The right day are people who are yielded. They are people who are yielded. Who are they yielded to? They are yielded to the person of Jesus Christ. They are yielded to the Lord of the universe, Jesus himself. I mean, if you wonder if they are the right they, if you have to do that, especially some of you who are single right now, I'm just going to tell you. If you have to wonder if they are the right they, they're not. 
I mean, if you have to wonder, like, I wonder if they believe in God. They probably don't. If you have to wonder, I wonder if they are following Jesus. They're probably not. If you have to wonder, they're not. Now, I'm not saying that the jar is a place where all of us are the right they. There are many of us that are, but there are some of us that aren't. But the right they, if you want to get above the fray, you come and you connect and you reach out and your life is changed. So who are the right they? They are those who have he in the middle. There's a guy that I met uh, 13 years ago. It was before we ever started the church here. And uh, I met him at a high school basketball game. And in that first setting of me meeting him, he threw out more F-bombs than I had ever heard in any athletic event. No, let me take that back. All athletic events combined. And I quickly learned that this guy was just kind of walking down a road with the wrong day and for much of his life. Now, this guy came across pretty tough, and he was really, really honest. And so we started building a friendship, and I started praying for him on a regular basis. And every once in a while, he would kind of pop his head into church, and he'd usually sit way in the back. And, uh, you know, when it was all over, and I'd kind of say, hey, how's it going? You want it? He's like, I'm not sure about that God stuff, especially church. Easter's good, you know, Christmas. I'm an American, but, uh, you know, other than that, And a couple of years ago, he lost his job. And I heard about it, and I just started reaching out to him a little bit more. And times were tough. And I was praying for him, and we were reaching out. And in the midst of all this pain that he was experiencing, he and his wife uh, decided that they would adopt a child. And that child has been a huge gift to them. But financially, and all the things that were around at that time were not so good. And uh, I'll never forget the day that uh, our girls had some extra uh, stuff that we no longer were using. I said, hey, come over, we'll give it to you. And I'm loading up his car. And he turned to me and he said, you're one of my best friends. And I thought, I've only known you a few years. How could I be one of his best friends? Well, over the summer... He and his wife and their family, they started coming a lot more regularly. And they committed themselves to being around the right they. And his life has been transformed. He's become so encouraging of me and my family. He calls me almost weekly. And there's something encouraging. Oh, man, you know, I appreciate this or thank you or, you know, you're going to do great this week. There's just one thing. He wasn't yielded. He was tough. He was honest. He was encouraging. He just wasn't yielded. So about two months ago, he and I were out, we were playing golf. And uh, the first three holes, you know, I'm a Christian and all, but I smoked his butt. I mean, (laughs) I was just, I just made him look pretty bad, to be quite honest. And we both hit on the fourth hole a slice, which means the ball doesn't go down uh, the fairway. It goes way to the right. And we're both there and our balls are really close to each other. And uh, we get out of the cart, and he gets out, and he goes, Hey, what's up about that baptism stuff? And we talked about it, and 
he kind of said, you know, I'm ready to take that step. And in the next few months, he and his wife will be yielded to Jesus Christ and their eternity will be changed. You know why that happened? Because they chose to come to the right day. I just want to encourage every single one of you for the way that you love people. There might be a lot of things that the jar is not, but the one thing that we are is an accepting group of folks that when people walk in, that we love them. And when we create more and more of these opportunities, the right they becomes who we are. And we don't go around going, hey, I'm the right they. Hang out with me. You know? But when we start doing the things that the right they do, all of a sudden people are like, I'm attracted to that. I want to be a part of that. So this morning, I just want to challenge you to keep it up as a church. And I want to ask you these questions as we close out. What does God want to do in your life? What does God want to build in your life? How many of you are ready to walk away from the wrong day and walk towards the right day? And what person in your life right now, you know they're with the wrong day, but you could help take a step or two towards them and to bring them into the right day? God gives us the ability to choose whether it's the wrong day or the right day. And it's your choice. Let's stand for closing prayer. God, we uh, thank you so much for sending to us the He that is in the they. Every person I know, God, who has made huge, significant impact on this world in ways that leave a legacy that hundreds and thousands and thousands of years later is still known are people who have the he in they. And some of you today, some of you could yield to that person today. And I just invite some of you maybe... If today is your day, that you're like, hey, I don't know everything, I don't have it all together, but today's the day where I'm putting the stake in the ground and I'm choosing Christ, that you could just pray this prayer. Not out loud, but just kind of to yourself. Jesus, I have been following the wrong day. But right now, I want to put you at the top spot in my life. Forgive me of my sins. And as best as I know how, I turn away from my sins. I invite your spirit now to come into my life. And I want to follow you and I choose you today. Others of you, you know Jesus but you have just kind of fallen back into the wrong day. 
I know what that's like. I, that happens to me. And so today is the day for you to kind of say this prayer. Jesus, I have been following the wrong day. And I want to turn back to you. Thank you for giving me a second chance. I love you. And finally, others of you, you've been following Jesus. You've kind of been around the right day, but you've been putting off something big that God has been calling you to do. Some wall that you need to build for Him. And today you just need to yield to Him and you can say this prayer. Jesus, I know you're calling me to build and you know what that is. Fill in the blank. So I surrender. Even though it's scary, I surrender and I want to fulfill it. God, there are three groups of people here that are in different places, but all of us want to please you. So help us to follow the right day and give us the strength to avoid the wrong day. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week. Know you're loved in this place. If you'd like prayer for anything, our prayer uh, folks will be up here and they'd be more than willing uh, to pray for you. So, come on up. Little gods while standing on the edge of something large while standing here so close to you.